This is the Internet Report, where we uncover what's working and what's breaking on the Internet, and why. I'm Chris Billmay with Thousand Eyes Technical Marketing. I'm joined here by Kamal, Principal Engineer at Thousand Eyes. Welcome. Hi, Chris. Thanks for the invite. Good to be back on the Internet Report. Good to be here with you. So today we're going to unpack these, the recent AWS outages, starting with the major December 7th incidents. And we'll walk through what Thousand Eyes saw and, and what we learned. So let's start with this one. So this is actually the first event that we detected uh, on the 7th. Now we can see here, beginning at a, you know, just after, uh, actually right around uh, 1535 UTC, what we're actually seeing here is HTTP server failure. So running some tests against EC2 within the US East 1 Amazon region. And we're starting to observe some evidence of the problem. So for example, here, we're looking good at this time point. And then immediately, we start to see some red up here with these agents here. And if we click over on our table view to get a little more detailed information, we can see specifically what's happening. So from various uh, uh, locations, we're querying the EC2 API in US East 1, and we're starting to get these receive uh, uh, failures, these timeouts. Basically, we, we tried for a certain amount of time, and, and we give up. And, and furthermore, we're, we're also seeing, and, and this is you know, prevalent throughout this event, we're seeing uh, uh, 503 errors being uh, handed back to us from uh, presumably uh, one of their uh, proxy uh, services on, on behalf of that, that's, that service being unavailable. That's correct. And looking at the event, we can see that it lasted uh, for a quite extensive period of time. And uh, as indicated by the purple color, uh, we see that Thousand Ties marked this as a AWS outage uh, quite clearly. Um, one of the things that I wanted to reflect on this graph uh, when it comes to availability is this limited scope. So as part of which we can see that, you know, availability was 100%, uh, the line was pretty flat, and then it slightly dips. And looking down on the table, uh, we can see that just portion of the agents were affected. Yeah, and, that, and that's what was interesting about this one, uh, Kamal. It, it, it wasn't, um, it was never 100% uh, unavailable, right? We, in, in fact, it's not, it, various uh, sources would work and then, and then stop working. So if we, let's just walk through this. For example, we see here, New York, Paris, Amsterdam, and Cape Town are failing. Uh, these remaining ones are, are getting uh, uh, healthy 200 uh, okay responses, right? But as we, as we kind of walk through this event, now we've got uh, Charlotte, uh, North Carolina, uh, seeing a failure, and, and Moscow here, and, and whereas other ones uh, are, are successful. So, for example, you know Paris here, uh, we saw it failing uh, a few minutes ago, and here we are getting a 200 okay. So it's definitely a uh, intermittent kind of uh, failure behavior that, that that we observe with this. And what's really interesting is actually the amount of services that, that reported the issue, like the scale of this event online was quite large, which just speaks uh, that about the scale of the AWS itself, right? If you think about it, we are seeing like dips that are maybe 40% dips out of 100% at the, at the most, yet reports online of services being down were quite extensive. 
And as I said, that just speaks about the scale of um, Amazon and AWS. Yeah, and one thing to note, so this, this was actually a, uh, a test against their uh, Amazon's EC2 service, right? So this is a, a, a very foundational service within uh, AWS. So in other words, it's, uh, there's, there's a lot of service dependencies within all these components that make up the totality of, of the solution you'll use. Uh, and it's a beautiful thing when, when it's all working together. Uh, to, to get you that uh, get that solution working, it's a lot of pieces talking to a lot of pieces, but at at, at the core are, are going to be services like EC2. Yes, and based on what we observed so far uh, when it comes to this event, uh, there was no pocket loss uh, on the front doors when it comes to this event. Correct? That's correct. So let's go ahead and uh, take a quick look at this. So, you know, as, as we know, there can be a, a few ways that a, a solution like this can, can fail for a, a customer. So you, you can have something, um, say, control plane related. In other words, uh, something in routing, something uh, BGP on the internet, perhaps, or, you know, for whatever reason, I, I, I don't know how to get to that destination, and it's going to fail in, in that manner. Uh, another way, of course, we, we, we know that it can fail, and this is what we're tracking at and looking at here, are those those key IP characteristics. So, you know, as, as we, you know, you may know there's, there's really only a few ways uh, an IP packet delivery can, can ultimately fail. You can, you can drop those packets. So they're, they're, they're consumed somewhere between source and destination, never reach their uh, destination. Uh, you can, and that's what we're looking at here with this metric. Um, and I'll, I'll cover this briefly here in a second, but the other, the other thing we can track of course is that latency. So I, I'm receiving that data but it's taking a really long time for it to get to me. And, you know, especially in, in things like TCP protocol, it can result in kind of a, you know, an expanding problem, the more, more loss you have. In other words, it's going to keep slowing down more and more, you know, with, with kind of nature of TCP behavior. If, so if, if things take a long time and, and, and you end up, uh, you know, with various back off mechanisms and so forth. What we observed is the dip in the HTTP server availability, but at the same time, we don't see anything uh, on the path, which would indicate deeper network related problems, such as pocket loss or significant latency uh, spike. What we are seeing here across all of the agents that are executing this uh, test, we are seeing aggregate values and pretty much uh, on, the, uh, on the peak of the event, we see that there was no loss or at uh, very brief moments in time, there was like up to 1% pocket loss, uh, which can be safely uh, be discarded given the fact that it did not uh, persisted. Also, when it comes to latency, as you shown earlier, um, there was nothing that would indicate deeper problem from that perspective, which points towards something that's relevant to service, which we also saw in the HTTP server table as part of which we were seeing those 503s, uh, which are quite indicative of the server related issues. Yeah, exactly. I'll go back over to that uh, briefly here. So, well, here, here we have uh, nothing but timeouts. But uh, again, there's a, a little bit of uh, intermittent behavior. Uh, some of the, sometimes we just take too long and we, we time out. And then other times we actually did receive uh, various uh, 503s. And just one, one note. So the, 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 the significant part about a 503 or, or any of the 500 HTTP 500 responses, what, what that indicates to us is that our packets actually got all the way to, to uh, 
ultimately to the, the web service or at least a, a proxy that, that's, that's handling uh, uh, proxy services for that web service and has returned an error to us, right? So it's not a matter of, you know, we, we already looked and saw there's no loss, there's no latency, there's no jitter, there's nothing actually disrupting IP path between uh, these tests and Amazon. But furthermore, this, this 500 shows that, hey, my stuff got there. And in fact, it got to some node within Amazon and, and Amazon said, hey, like, I, I know on the back end the service is not available. I'm going to respond and, and let you know with a 500. So the fact that we get this mix of, of timeouts and HTTP 500 responses is, is telling us quite, quite clearly that, that we're actually getting to Amazon's environment. And, 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 and hence, this, this appears to be something on the internal side that, that's not available and responding in this fashion. Exactly correct. And if you look at the timeout values, you can see that, you know, th those are almost uh, 10 or 6 seconds, uh, which is uh, more than ample time to actually execute uh, tests such as this one, which usually takes milliseconds rather than seconds, right? Right. Like we jump back over here, for example, when everything's happy. Um, you know, the you know, occasionally we see a spike. Um, of course, these are these are coming uh, quite a distance, right? They're coming across the Atlantic Ocean, or, or at least across the ocean, and so forth, quite a distance. So, but even then, it, it's it's never getting much more than uh, than a second, you know, a second and a half. Exactly, and that's uh, we saw it. I think that across different regions, when we average the data, it's what what 120 milliseconds. Uh, which yes. all of this uh, to say that actually Amazon did publish RCA on this event which indicates that uh, there were certain problem. So uh, Chris, would you, would you like to take us through, through the event? Yeah, so this is, uh, so this is a, a, a very nice write-up uh, that, that Amazon put out. Um, they, they came out with this on the, on the 10th to kind of summarize what, you know, what they learned and, and what they saw and, and ultimately what happened on, on the 7th. But something that, that, that we found uh, very interesting here, so they, they, they note that this is, uh, ultimately some type of an internal network event. But one of the things they, they call out here, uh, I'll just read it. These networking devices provide additional routing and network address translation that allows AWS services to communicate between the internal network and the main AWS network. So th this is ultimately what was, what was being impacted. So I, I think there's, there's some significance there. Um, and, and we should probably talk a little bit about, you know, why, why, you know, Amazon uses this, this type of a, a, a NAT and routing device um, but between yeah. these environments. So over the last couple of years, Amazon came forward and actually revealed a lot of interesting details about the infrastructure as part of which they spoke about the importance of, uh, you know, uh, designing specific hardware that's actually uh, fit for the needs. Uh, as you can imagine, all of the big scale companies or large scale companies are following the same uh, path. So Google is not exemption. Um, Facebook is not exemption. So Amazon is following the same path. So as you can imagine, that uh, they are operating quite large scale uh, network. And uh, within that network, you have this co uh, concepts of uh, regions. Within the regions, you have the concept of availability zones. But once you translate that to, um, you know, uh, physical uh, topology, you can translate that to having actually every availability zone being data center or multiple of data centers. So obviously, IP address space, uh, regardless whether it's a, a private or public, and regardless of the size of the company that you are opening, became, becomes 
scarce, right? So they needed to do something such as net. And, you know, what I found really interesting in this write-up is actually that they uh, quite openly called this, uh, these networks like uh, as a net devices, uh, which I, uh, which, which I find quite interesting. And looking into our pod visualization, what we also see that these events did happen within the AWS network, right? So if you look at the pod visualization, you will see on the left-hand side, somewhere in the middle of the pod that, you know, um, uh, these packets are going towards the uh, AWS, they enter the AWS backbone network, and it looks like they are being, you know, uh, held or they, they are timing out uh, in the middle uh, of that part, which is potentially uh, some kind of border between their uh, border network and their data center network. Uh, so that's how I read the data uh, um, based on what was exposed in that RCA and what we were able to see in our pod visualizations. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a good point. And, and just to, you know, uh, pick on this one because it's at the top here, we can even see where that handoff uh, occurs, right? So here's a, a, a Tata Communications. Um, and then hands off to Amazon controlled uh, infrastructure at, at this point. And so we, we, we know that uh, you know, our, our IP path was clean you know, all, all the way to Amazon's edge as, as we looked at with the uh, lack of uh, latency loss and jitter. So in other words, nothing impacting a, a core IP functionality from here to there. But at some point, once it enters uh, uh, Amazon's environment, then, the, then that's when we start uh, experiencing um, the timeouts uh, or the behavior so Based on the RCA, it looks like these devices that are handling are uh, net devices. And based on a particular AWS reInvent event from 2018, it looks like a black footage device. Uh, and they are seeing that they got overloaded uh, with a lot of traffic as part of which uh, we saw what we saw. Uh, now, uh, Thousand Eyes observed um, uh, this impact across different services. So first, we observed, uh, observed it on EC2, and then we uh, noticed that 15 minutes after this event, uh, this particular event started, potentially as a result of that event unfolding at scale, uh, we noticed that S3 got impacted. Could you tell us a little bit more about the time uh, timeline and how that looked like? Right. Yeah. So we we saw, and this is, uh, and this matches up with with their RCA as well, because they they Amazon even notes here. Um, I'll just jump back over here, but uh, Amazon even notes that one of the earliest impacts was to parts of EC2 control plane, right? So this was, this is basically what enables uh, a customer to, you know, spin up a new EC2 instance and, and, and these sorts of activities. So that, that, that impact we saw starting at about uh, 35 minutes after the hour. So 1535 EC2, uh, uh, UTC rather. <laughs> and, and then interestingly, it's, yeah, it's about, yeah, 10, 10 minutes, 15 minutes uh, in, past that event, now we see an impact to our S3 uh, a, a API test. So if I jump back here to, you know, at the, at the point where we saw EC2 impact, we're, we're still fine here. So we're, we're talking to uh, S3 API. This is their storage, ultimately their storage uh, service uh, API. And we're getting 200s, right? So we, so we actually start seeing the problem about here and again we see timeouts and and, and, and 503s so based on the pattern it looks like this event started uh, you know uh, significantly later compared to the first event which potentially indicates that whatever happened 
uh, with EC2 started unfolding in a way where it started kind of uh, gradually impacting other services. Now we need to take into consideration the fact that uh, even with EC2, we did not see 100% availability drop, but it looks like this was a kind of like spillover effect of, you know, these devices getting potentially overutilized by something uh, as part of the scaling activities that it was written in uh, RCA, as a result of which it had gradual impact to S3, which kind of uh, we see uh, had impact on overall availability of the service. Yeah, and, and that's, no, that's a good point. And, and, and we can see here with S, S3, again, it was, you know, it, it has the appearance, appearance of kind of a, a residual impact as, a, as opposed to maybe, you know, the, the core thing that went wrong, right? And, and, and it's definitely, less of an impact. We saw a much wider range of failures uh, from various sources to EC2 than, than we do with uh, S3. So here again, uh, we've got a few uh, sites failing here, London, uh, Chicago, uh, Amsterdam. But by and large, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's one or two failures and then a, a lot of success. So uh, the ones that are failing, however, they're, they're the same type of condition, either a timeout or Proxy handing us uh, that that information that hey my I, I, my service isn't available here here's a five hundred three and and, this, and okay. what is the timeline of this event does it lines up with the resolution of the EC two event it, it it does so this one really I mean the core of it was in this time frame here to about the you know say sixteen twenty we we do see. A little bit. I mean, I would say full resolutions not till here, though. So um, right about uh, 1705 uh, UTC, we finally see full resolution. And that is the timeline. That perfectly matches the timeline with the EC2 event, right? It, it does. So, so I'll jump back over here. Um, so again, this one started at 1535 uh, you know, or so. And then we're in the all clear from our testing perspective by 1720. So 1535 to 1720 for EC2. And for S3, more or less, right? It's, uh, yeah, but the impact on S3 was smaller anyways. It was. Compared to, yeah. And then uh, by far the most interesting aspect of this event potentially happened, uh, obviously after the Amazon explained what happened in their RCA, uh, from the perspective of uh, API gateways, right? Could you could you uh, tell us a little bit more about that? Right. So, uh, and let's let's actually talk briefly about the the API gateway. So, um, within uh, AWS, when within Amazon Web Services, again, we have these these core functional pieces that that get stitched together via ultimately via APIs to to provide a seamless service. So, you we talked about the the EC2 service, we, we looked briefly at the, the storage service availability, the S3 service. Now their API gateway is, is really, that, that, that is the interface for you know, all of Amazon's customers and partners to, to interface and, and interact on, on you know, the cloud really. So this is kind of your way into that cloud to, to you know, leverage all of their services. So this is, think of it as kind of a, a front end to all of those backend APIs that you're gonna then stitch together into this, this seamless service. So, so what's, what's really interesting about that is that we can see quite clear spike in overall, overall transaction time towards one of the uh, services that's utilizing API gateways, right? And 
the most interesting aspect of this particular uh, spike in the transaction time is uh, the fact that it started approximately at the time where EC2 and S3 events were over. Yeah, that's actually what I, I think is very cool. I mean, well, not cool for, for the event, but, but cool in, in this type of, uh, of visibility because we, we can see that quite, quite clearly the, the, the core of the problem began, what, about 90 minutes or so prior to, to what we're seeing on this timestamp here. Uh, the core of the uh, issue appeared to, to hit their EC2 service, and, and they even note that, hey, we, we, we had an issue with, with uh, this, this part of the network that, that would have impacted EC2 control plane. Shortly after that, we, we start to see the failures. At the conclusion, uh, from our testing perspective of, of those API failures, you know, we now have 100% success for EC2 API. We have 100% success for S3 uh, API. And now we start to see failures against the AI gateway. So what this test, this is a, you know, what we refer to as a transaction test. So it's a, it's a you know, get a little more detailed. It's a, it's a, it's a very powerful test to, to be able to run against something like Amazon's uh, API gateway. And we start seeing these transaction failures here. And they're even broken down into kind of different uh, phases, average transaction, uh, the authentication uh, phase of it, and so forth. But we start seeing this start at the conclusion of EC2. So it's, it's, it's kind of like, uh, hey, we had an issue with this part of the network. It's impacting EC2 control plane. It's resulting in, in some other uh, kind of maybe residual impacts with like 8S3. We resolve it. And now, uh, se seemingly oddly, right, uh, API gateway starts to fail. fail. But, you know, I, don't, I actually don't think that's odd behavior. I, 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 would, I would argue that this is probably, you know, given what we know, this, this would line up and this would make sense. So. Yeah, like timeline perfectly matches the timeline of the previous uh, two events that we showcased that had the negative effect. So this, uh, based just on perfectly matching timeline, looks like the after the effect uh, of, uh, you know, uh, previous events as part of which different workflows that were potentially retrying quite a lot, you know, all spiked at the same time. And what we are seeing is actually, you know, increased transaction time that resulted as a result of, you know, uh, services not working uh, operationally uh, and 100% uh, in uh, the per period of time before that. So, um, Amazon actually give us quite detailed uh, RCA, uh, which essentially gives and sheds more light onto this event. Uh, but there were other AWS related events that happened uh, a few days after this one. So the first event that we just spoke about happened on 7th of December. And the second event actually happened on 10th of December. Uh, what was that all about? Yeah, let's, let's jump on, on over to that one. Um, oh, hey, just one, one more point to mention. Uh, what, what I would say is that of, of the impacts we observed, the actual, the longest in terms of duration, uh, by, by quite a far, by, by quite a, a, a large margin was, was actually the API gateway, even though this, this seems to, 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 to me, um, not, not probably, you know, what, what the core of the issue was, right? This was something that, that happened after that core impact, but yet it took a, it took quite a, a long time to recover. Which, which, is, uh, which potentially speaks to the scale of Amazon, right? Uh, yeah, and absolutely. this is obviously assumption, right? But like, um, if you look at this uh, length, lengthy event that happened after the main event was resolved, this is just like a potential indicator on how big they are and how many retries actually did happen during the time the core services were down, right? Or impaired, so to say. Okay, let's uh, switch to the event on 10. What happened here, Chris? 
was an interesting one. Um, it's a little different, um, a little different than what we saw on the seventh, but still impacting the same, same area. So again, uh, this was an event we caught on the seventh. It, it, it began 1305 uh, UTC on the 10th, and, and immediately what we see here, I'll go over to the map view. Again, we start seeing failures from various regions around the world uh, communicating to the EC2 API in US East 1. Again, the same site uh, for which we had the uh, issue on the 7th. Now, here it starts at this time frame. You can see I'll click over to the table view. And what's interesting about this one, it's, it's, it's the, 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 the lion's share of, of the errors were, were actual 503. So it wasn't just a matter of us timing out for the vast majority of them. So what we saw on the 7th, a lot of the, uh, the errors were just timeouts. We gave up with the occasional 500 response, right? Whereas with this uh, event on the 10th, we get a lot of five, 500s. So uh, we, we see kind of a little bit of a, a start that lasts about, let's see here. So this is about 20 minutes where we've got some, uh, some impact, then it fully recovers. And then here we, we go to 100% impact. So I'll just jump over to here. And, and, and we're just 100% of these uh, sources are failing. So if you look over our map view, the whole world's red, right? And, and, what's, and really, what's really interesting here is that we quite clearly see that all of these were 500 internal, internal server errors from all around the globe. Uh, the pattern of the event, uh, is pretty much identical to the first event that we saw uh, uh, happening on the 7th. Uh, however, uh, it looks like um, status, AWS status page was not updated and this event kind of like got pretty unnoticed by, uh, by wider community, so to say. But reassemblance to, reassemblance to uh, the event that happened on uh, Seventh one, seventh December event is quite uh, uh, you know uh, stunning. Given the fact that also in this event we did not see any kind of packet loss, uh, networking paths were quite clear, and this was purely a, like server related issue. Yeah, that's that's right. So we'll just jump here here in the middle of of you know if we look over here at HTTP server, a hundred percent of our our agent tests are failing at this moment. But if I go over here to uh, overview. Look at these key characteristics. There's a uh, zero loss. Latency is flatlined across the you know before and after the event. Jitter's a, a non-issue, right? So there's again no no IP characteristics uh, influencing this. Uh, when when we even when we looked at uh, BGP uh, route visualization, uh, we, we we don't see an impact of BGP. Uh, we we don't see um, you know it didn't it didn't appear to have any kind of a, a control plane. Uh, uh, cause at least from from you know perspective which, uh, of which indicates ser ser uh, service related issues essentially yeah right. absolutely and, and just the fact that they're you know 500s <laughs> exactly know, exactly and yeah. given the fact that we don't have you know any kind of rca for this event uh you know uh and given the fact that it closely reassembled uh, the event that happened on 7th I, speculation might be that actually this is like, you know, some kind of corrective action for the event that previously happened or something down those lines. But quite interestingly, uh, what I find, inter um, uh, what I found quite stunning about this event, it's like uh, low coverage about it. Like there was no a lot of press about it, you know, um, you know, waters will come, so to say, when it comes to this particular one. 
Well, here, here's, yeah, and here's one difference, uh, you know, maybe that, that might explain. So with, with the event on the 7th, uh, the, and again, the, the, the vast majority of that outage was the, what seems like it might be residual impact to that API gateway service. That's a very, you know, in your face uh, 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 outage, right? Customers are, are gonna know if, if, I, if I can't successfully reach API gateway. During this event, our uh, transaction test actually looked uh, healthy and green during this entire uh, time frame. So we were able to communicate to the API gateway within the Amazon and, and get a, a response in a timely fashion. Now, what, where we see the failure again was this, uh, EC2 service, uh, you know, the API. Now, what, what that would mean, though, is if you're using EC2, it probably was working fine for you. Now, if you had to spin up a new EC2 instance during this uh, window right here, then that's when you would have caught the, the problem, right? So it would have been, hey, just during this, this hour time frame, I'm, I'm trying to spin up a new EC2 instance, and then I get a failure, and who do I call? Amazon, what's going on, and then just suddenly I can start doing it an hour later. So, it, you know, it might have been underreported because, of, you know, that the nature of what was not working, it would have been a little less visible. Uh, but fewer it, activities would have revealed it, I suppose. But it quite uh, well underlines uh, importance of having visibility such as this one uh, for your services that are already deployed or that you intend to deploy. You know, having uh, overall structured monitoring strategy on how are you going to do uh, your cloud presence is important and monitoring it uh, properly is quite important part of it. So this is a, a clear example on, you know, uh, overall importance of uh, having, you know, something like this. No, that, that's actually a great point because, I mean, if you think about how, and, and, and you know, I personally, I, I really enjoy AWS services. I mean, it's, 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 it's a beautiful uh, setup and you can do a lot of stuff with it. But as, as a customer, what, what I need to know is when I'm trying to operate on this environment, what, you know, what, why is something not working? So maybe I'm not getting customer complaints, but I'm getting complaints from dev team that, hey, we're running into some issues spinning up a new instance. You know, who, who, how, how do I understand and troubleshoot that? Or um, maybe EC2 is working, but S3 service is not working, or uh, you know, Route 53 is not working, or whatever the various thing is. How, how do I know if it's, if it's a bigger problem, if all of these things are failing? Is it, is it me? So I, I think the benefit of, of understanding the, not only understanding the internal architecture of the that you're using, but being able to get that, uh, not just visibility, but that actionable operation type visibility. So in other words, I, 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 I'm looking at, you know, this view here, I can see that, oh, hey, uh, dev team, there's, there's a reason EC2 is not working. I do see other Amazon services are working. There's something ongoing with EC2. I'll, I'll reach out to, to our support team on, on Amazon side. That, that, that would be the course of action, right? So it gave me something very actionable. I can, I can communicate back to my stakeholders. I can, you know, help my ops team, uh, you know, know what to do next and, and ultimately know how to, to, to mitigate and, 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 and get this resolved. Unfortunately, it looks like that event uh, that happened on 10th of December wasn't, wasn't the last event that happened to AWS. Uh, it looks that we got reports and alerts indicating that there was event that happened uh, on 15th as well. So Chris, could you take us a little bit through this event? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, again, this one appears uh, you know, not to be related, at least based on what we can see to the events of the 7th and the 10th. It's in a different part of the world. This was in the U.S. West, and then we also saw a, a corresponding failure that they also announced in, in U.S. West too. So this is Northern California and Oregon uh, uh, Amazon locations. 
So we see this event uh, again here. It begins um, oops, uh, right here at uh, five after fifteen oh five UTC is when we start to see. Well, actually, a little bit past that. Uh, yeah, here we go. Uh, fifteen fifteen uh, UTC is when we start seeing the first indications of red. Right, so we're getting some of these failures. Uh, with uh, talking with the EC2, again, the EC2 service, one of those four, uh, those foundational uh, uh, fundamental services that, 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 that power the solution. Of course, this is in the US West one region. And if we look over at the table here, you know, again, it's, it's a smaller number of, of sources failing. And these are, uh, these are uh, this is a timeout here and another timeout here. So if we kind of walk through this again, this is a, it's a combination of receive events or technically timeouts, uh, which indicates that uh, connection could not be established in time, or it's not that it could not be established, the complete uh, operation, complete phase of the test could not be uh, completed. And connect indicate that we were not able to establish a tree handshake or like a successful tree, uh, um, TCP connection, right? And based on some uh, information that Amazon published on their status page, uh, it's indicative that uh, this was event related to traffic engineering as part of which they were moving piece of uh, traffic from uh, one part towards the other part as part of which um, they unfortunately uh, shifted much bigger portion of their traffic towards the part which could not handle it as part of which we can quite clearly uh, see uh, quite high amount of pocket loss. Right, so let's, let's go, ahead and take, go ahead and take a look at that view. And, and just one, one point to note, so it's, it's, it's interesting that, that um, and that's something we always worry about every time you touch a device, right? But the, the event of the 7th and, and, and likely the, the spillover into the 10th was, was related to, I think, how did they phrase it? An automatic, automated scaling activity. So they're trying to scale out the, the, the network and, and it's an automated process and then it, it you know resulted in some unexpected behaviors that was on on the tent that's you know per amazon right whereas this one was uh, again they note it, it's another change it's a traffic engineering i you know, part of me wonders if this was maybe a, a manual versus an automated uh, type of a process but uh, you know it's just speculation but again uh with this one what one one difference we do see with this one versus the event on the seventh and the tenth is that we, we clearly see evidence of, of impact to a data plane, impact to that IP data path uh, between us, uh, you know, our, our, our various sources and, and the EC2 destination in Northern California. So if you look at this example right here, you know, we're at, at an average of 58.5% packet loss. Well, let's jump over to the, the height of it here with an yes, average and of 79 and some of them worse, right? This, you know. Yeah, and if you look at this. <laughs> If you look at this uh, packet loss figures, they all indicate, you know, quite bad service for the end user, right? These flows are going to be severely affected in form of really low throughput or inability to connect, as we saw in our HTTP server in the first place. You know, uh, there's nothing positive that can, you know, uh, result um, from the event that resulted in such a big packet uh, loss. But also, this event uh, outlines, uh, you know, underlying complexity of uh, traffic engineering changes. So regardless of whether you do them in automatic or manual fashion, it's always risky process that involves a lot of, you know, um, 
a lot of different decisions that needs to be made. And you know, uh, mistakes, regardless, regardless whether automated or not, do happen, right? Uh, so this is one uh, additional example. We are having visibility into what's happening, where it's happening, uh, what's the scale of event, you know, is really important. So, uh, you know, uh, while these are all unfortunate events for AWS and AWS customers, you know, um, I'm actually quite glad that the platform managed to capture uh, all three of them uh, and to pinpoint where these issue potentially happened. Yeah, because at the end of the day, I mean, all of our uh, you know outages, whether it's one I, I caused by some error or, or you know some, an internet provider causes or it's something on a service provider, a cloud service provider. Uh, often are due to a change, right? I mean, you know, very rarely do you have a, a fault that's introduced because just the hardware itself fails. I mean, we have so much resiliency and redundancy, even within hardware platforms. That's a that tends to be the more rare. And then, you know, of course, you have the the, the, the ability of the software to failure, failure like a like a bug or something that's. But again, those tend to be pretty rare. So. The, the vast majority of, of the failures we encounter in technology tend to be, you know, human cost ultimately, right? So we're making some change. We have to make those changes. We're not going to stop making these changes, but, but, you know, when we do make these changes, how, you know, and when people, and it's not just us, I'm making changes on my side. Uh, my, my internet provider has, is, is making changes and, you know, Amazon's making changes. How, how do we, and then something stops working, you know, how do, how do we know, you know, who, who to engage to, to try to remediate, right? Exactly. So and, you know, these things happen regardless uh, to who you are, right? So, uh, so for example, uh, just not so long ago, we saw uh, automated change taking uh, Facebook and Facebook services down for six hours, right? And it was automated change. This may be manual or automatic, but fundamentally doesn't matter. You need to have instrumentation, which is going to tell you where the issue is potentially happening, what is happening. And, you know, you should potentially uh, quite quickly based on the alerts or, you know, insights that you are getting from the data react to those events. That's like remediation is really key. Right, uh, but in order to get to the remediation, you need to have indication, and you know you need to have a proof on what's going on in the first place. Yeah, absolutely. So, and again, I think the way this one was interesting, just because we we get a different set of data, right? Is, whereas with those other issues, we you know we we saw that control plane was good, BGP was good, we had connectivity all, all the way to Amazon, and IP path looked perfectly clean, no loss, latency jitter. Whereas in this one, uh, we, we clearly see uh, this issue is caused by, by packet loss, right? This is, this is an impact to, to data path between us and Amazon. And in fact, it's, it's happening, if we just jump up here, uh, you know, it, within you know, Amazon's environment. So we're already in Amazon's network. You see here that we've, we've already crossed you know, in, into their environment. And then it, you know, somewhere from here onward, uh, we, we, we can no longer Get, get any farther, right? We have 100% forwarding losses, and this is this is the, the the case for you know all all of these um, failures, right? They were once you got into Amazon's environment, it's 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 now 100% loss. Uh, so it was uh, you know different type of manifestation, uh, ultimately resulting in same inability to manipulate uh, EC2 service. Uh, so, you know, what, what, are, what are our takeaways from all this? Like, what, what do we do as customers? Uh, you know, how do we, you know, better engage with, with you know, our customers and partners and, and, and also our vendors, right? So, 
I, I think we all understand that that cloud services they're unavoidable, unavo and, and not that they should be avoided, right? I mean, I, I personally love the the use of cloud services. We wouldn't be where we are today in, in, in the internet and, and all the, the the services and availability of all these tools uh, and, and platforms were it not for cloud services. So, so how how do I how how do I operate uh, uh, knowing this, right? Well. You know, I, 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 I know I'm going to continue to use these. In fact, I'm going to continue to expand use of the use of these services, but I need to understand the complexity of these services. I, I need to understand, for example, that, you know, quite honestly, we've taken what used to be a, you know, equivalent of like a, like a, you know, stand up server, or, you know, a rack server, and we've taken all of the little pieces of out of it and made them their own service that now has to communicate. And there's no, there's no bus now, you know, across a circuit board to communicate. We're, we're doing this over the network. So compute, storage, database services, ability to get to the internet and, you know, the network address translation we talked about. These are all different things that get stitched together. So I need to be able to understand the complexity of, of, of those, you know, those things I'm using with, within a solution I'm in turn offering to my, my customers. But it's, it's a little more than that. So, you know, you can understand the complexity by, you know, Amazon puts a lot of information out there about their architecture, the, you know, the reinvent where they talk about their, you know, their setups. You can learn all this, but, but I need operational uh, understanding and operational visibility of that complexity. So, in other words, I, I recognize that, let's say I, I've got, you know, four or five different services that form my solution within Amazon. Each of these services, maybe they've got their own uh, API. Well, I need to be able to monitor. I need to be able to know what, what exactly is, is, is failing. Again, is it, is it me? Is it, is it on uh, our side? Is it my, my service provider? Is it something between my service provider and Amazon on the internet? That's again, maybe a, a, another third party. Is it, is, it, is it something on the Amazon side? And, and then more, more so, what specifically is not working, right? Uh, in, in that example that we saw on, on, the, on the 10th, we, we know that the API gateway was still working, but yet the EC2 service wasn't working. And so in that scenario, I would be able to inform my dev team, hey, this is why you can't, can't access EC2. There's, there's something, or you can't spin up new instances, rather. So or, I, I on the example, or on the example of the event that happened on 15th, you know, you would be able to actually quite easily see the effects of the traffic engineering change that you just performed just oh, based on looking absolutely. of the patterns of the data yes yeah and, and we want this visibility for a few reasons right i mean we we ultimately need to know who to call to help us resolve something if it's outside my control but more, but more than that right I, I i do my own design my own planning knowing how these services are set up knowing can i you know, build some res re resiliency by maybe I, I use a, another region for something and I, I can do some manual effort to go, oh, hey, they're having a, a, some problem with uh, US West 1 between that, that data center and internet. Well, maybe I can do something to, to you know, enable my customers to still, you know, use this service with, with another region. There's different things I can do. So it can help me with operational things, help me with forecasts, uh, you know, planning, all, these, all of this type of stuff. I mean, that's, that's, that's what you know, I mean by that operational visibility of this complexity. It's, it's something that you need that, that, that can be actionable. I can actually take the data I learned with this to not just fix it right now, but, but to make it better for me, you know, kind of ongoing, right? So I think that uh, about wraps up. Uh, it was definitely an interesting uh, week uh, in, in, in the cloud world, in the internet world. I think, well, any, any week has that chance. So uh, that's our show. Uh, don't forget to subscribe. And here's the good news. If, if you do subscribe, we'll send you a free t-shirt. I don't know if it's like this one, but it's a pretty nice shirt either way. 
uh, just drop us a note to internetreport at thousandeyes.com with your address and t-shirt size and we'll get that over to you.